RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And, of course, welcome back to another episode of Friday Night Livestream. Do me a favor, if you're in the chat and you see the stream, tell everybody else to refresh their screens. And if you're watching on Rumble or you're watching on the Foxhole or on Odyssey or Getter or Twitter, please do me a favor consider hitting that like button it really does help out the program helps out the channel and it lets people know this is a show worth seeing also wouldn't mind if you shared this program out on your favorite social media platforms guys tonight i am very pleased to welcome to the program for the very first time floyd brown of the western journal he's also an award-winning author commentator political columnist and author of the new book it's coming out on april 4th called counterpunch floyd is a wealth of knowledge he is a trailblazer in the conservative news space one of the first conservative websites that i personally started reading at many years ago uh, but anyway appreciate you guys being here sit back relax grab your popcorn and I'm going to be right back after this with Floyd Brown. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. And please welcome my guest for this evening, Mr. Floyd Brown. Floyd, how are you, sir? Uh, it's great to be with you, Zach. And, uh, uh, you know, despite the dark turn the country took yesterday, I'm doing pretty well. You know, Floyd, I have to say, I am conflicted about this turn because I think anybody who's been paying attention, I mean, we saw the writing on the wall. This is something that the the left, the, the deep state apparatus has been pushing for for a long time. And part of me thinks, as I watch all of this play out, what better way could we have than to demonstrate the corrupt and broken nature of our current system? I mean, what have they done at the end of the day, really, except galvanize all of President Trump's supporters and perhaps show the rest of the country that we're under the assumption that America was still operating business as usual, land of the free, home of the brave. Uh, but now they can see proof positive that it is horribly and perhaps irrevocably broken. Something has to be done. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's great if people wake up as a result of this. I mean, many of us have been awake for quite a while. You couldn't watch uh, the justice, so-called justice, meted out after January 6th and think anything but we have a completely corrupt justice system, a two-tiered justice system. Yes. If you're a conservative or a Christian, you're treated one way. Uh, if you're a leftist or a transgender or in one of the you know approved classes, you're treated another way. 
And in fact, I spent a lot of time in my book talking about the way our justice system and really essentially the rule of law has been corrupted in America. I yes. mean, that's what made us different. We didn't have the rule of men. We had the rule of law. And, uh, you know, that's uh, not the case anymore. People like Alvin Bragg, who, you know, ignore murders, ignore drug dealing, ignore assaults, ignore vandalism, ignore property destruction and spend, you know, what is going to be millions of dollars on an investigation that uh, has already been, you know, dropped by two other jurisdictions. Both the federal government looked at it and the attorney general of the state of New York looked at it. And both of them said, you know, there's no case here. So it's a, you know, I, I hope it helps, but uh, you never know. Politics is a messy business. I've been in it for 40 years, and uh, you never really know. I always say um, everything in politics can change in 24 hours. Certainly, certainly. Uh, you know, no. Maybe it changed for the better 24 hours ago. I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope people wake up. But, uh, you know, the, the America we knew, the America I grew up in, has officially slipped away. Yep. It's gone. No, absolutely. 100% with you. Now, you know, the other aspect of this, uh, Floyd, is that, huh, okay, so at the end of the day, we know President Trump never broke any laws. We, we know that there is no there there to, uh, to quote Bill Clinton when it comes down to it. But without having any laws to break and with what we're looking at is probably just another, uh, you know, several years of endless investigation and attempts by the Manhattan District Attorney to bring Donald Trump to some form of perverted justice. I don't I truly don't believe that anything will come of it, come of it. They're, they're not going to be able yeah. to convict him of any crime. But what? Well, Alvin they, Bragg, well go ahead. They, they, they might not. But um, what they want yeah. is a mugshot. Exactly. That's yeah, yeah, really but, what they want. They want a mugshot yeah. so that they can, you know, run it internationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this was happening, if this very, if this very same fact set was happening right now in Nicaragua, America yes. would be outraged. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was happening in Guatemala, America would be outraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Uh, you know, one of the things I do in the book is I, I talk about, you know, we actually have agencies that look at the transparency of a country and they look at the corruption of a country. And Americans, you know, uh, for a long time, we always thought, hey, we're the least corrupt country in the world. We're actually <laughs> 26th right now uh, by the latest rankings. And we're behind countries like Uruguay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the you, the United Arab Emirates that are less corrupt than the United States of America. And this is by an international body looking at it in a dispassionate way. So mm-hmm. America's become deeply, deeply corrupt. And uh, and you know if if you're just waking up to it, well, God bless Donald Trump for waking you up. You should That's have been awake. A long time ago, that's been part of the problem. We've been missing in action. We've been sleepwalking. We haven't been fighting back for our country. And so we're in this dire situation. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, the Germans, the Germans, they never thought that they would, uh, you know, be a fascist 
country that in the Weimar Republic, they had a, had a, a wonderful history. They were a, an intellectual country. They were a country with, you know, universities and, uh, professors and, and, and a wonderful academic and, and intellectual tradition. And, and they brought us Adolf Hitler in the final solution, mm-hmm. you know, um, yes. Russia, Russia under Stalin starved millions of people. China under Mao and the cultural revolution did the same thing, literally starved their own population to death. And um, as we lurch towards Marxism, it's as if we've forgotten all of the problems of Marxism. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people uh, people do need to wake up. So, yeah, that's why I'm on my soapbox. That's why I wrote my book. I, I talk about all the false narratives we've had to deal with. I mean, if you didn't wake up in COVID, how else... How could you not wake up? It's like, right? it's like You're being lost. slapped around. You know, you got to wake up so, when they've locked you in your house and, a, it, 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 and they treat your house as, you know, a prison. I mean, literally, we were all the entire country was on house arrest. Yes, yes, yes. So one of the problems that I think uh, that we one of the reasons we're encountering the the kind of uh, uh, error that we are today <clears throat> is because they're the younger generations, people who did not like us grow up under the specter of communism, the Cold War, and, uh, you know, the idea of what America could become. Those people are just completely ignorant to what communism and Marxism really represents and what would actually happen here, because they stopped teaching that stuff in schools instead of uh, decrying the uh, the killing fields of Russia and uh, the starvation of Ukrainian farmers uh, and, uh, and and the uh, uh, mass graves that were dug for the uh, intellectuals in China as Mao shot them in the back of their heads. Uh, those things were swept aside, and instead they started putting up posters of uh, of Mao and Che Guevara and Joseph Stalin on the walls, and they started praising them, and then instilling into these kids' heads the idea that so somehow everybody gets a piece of the pie, and everything will be great. You know, we won't have to worry about the patriarchy, or or we won't have to worry about uh, institutional racism anymore because everybody will be the same. But they have no idea; they have never had any experience with it. But maybe they will get some experience with it now that they're pushing for it. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't want to go through that. I mean, you just brought up so much in that question. We could talk about you okay. know, CRT. We could talk yes. about where well, there's a lot lot to unpack there. But um, it, 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 the, the truth is, is that a country that has amnesia, mm-hmm. that doesn't study history, is a country full of fools. Yes, because men don't change, you know, men with power. I mean, there's the old saying, you know, power corrupts, but absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And I don't know who originally said that, but uh, whoever did was a very wise person. And and so when men get absolute power and you, you know, we, we just mentioned three of them, Hitler, Stalin, and Mao, they all three had absolute power. And look what they did. Mm-hmm. They killed people. Uh, Pol Pot's another one you could put on that list oh, yeah. in Cambodia that just he, he killed, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And Cambodia is not even a big country. No. And if we just forget that and, you know, ignore it and don't teach it and don't learn it, 
then we're asking to have that, that happen here. Mm-hmm. You know, America just didn't happen by accident. You know, we don't have this plenty and this uh, wonderful society by accident. It came as a result of policies, and it came as a result of our forefathers making unbelievable sacrifices in world wars, in um, the great civil war. I mean, our country is unique and we have a special birthright. But if you forget about how we're unique, then, then you're going to lose your country. It's a, uh, you know, one of the things I write in the book is if you lose your way, what's the first thing that you do? You try to re retrace your steps. Okay. And um, you try to, you know, you get lost in the forest. You try to go back where you came from, or if you lose your keys, right. You try to retrace your steps and find Where did I lose those keys? Well, as a nation, I think we've lost our way. And the best way to deal with that is to retrace our steps and to, you know, start to study what, what is it that made America special? Why were we so successful? Why did we become the largest economy on the globe? You know, why did we have a stable currency for so many years until uh, this huge Biden inflation we're dealing with now? What, what, why, what, what were the reasons? And, and, uh, I think it's uh, pretty clear what the reasons are. And, and, it, and, and we need to get back to those American or Americanism fundamentals to uh, restore our country's health. I absolutely agree with you, but the only problem I think we're going to run into is the people who we're fighting against fundamentally believe that those things never existed. You know, typically I will hear people say America was never great. You know, America was always racist. America was always sexist and it was not good. And so therefore we have to fundamentally change it. They kind of take for granted all of those things that were good in their youth and that allowed them to attain the power and privilege that they themselves are are, are holding on to and using and exercising in the modern age. Uh, and so, yeah. you know, how do we how do we reach those people? Right. Well, um, they have to study history. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one of the people I quote in the book is Frederick Frederick Douglass. Yes. And, uh, you know, Frederick Douglass was born a slave was freed and then became one of the great voices for uh, the abolition of slavery. And, um, you know, as he reflected on America and American institutions and, and slavery was absolutely horrific. Certainly. The buying and selling of people is morally wrong, but it was happening. It was, I mean, it still happens around the but it was particularly heinous the way it was practiced in the U.S., where we had slave markets and we auctioned people, and it, it, I mean, it, 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 it was truly, truly evil. But Frederick Douglass, who actually lived in that system, said about the Declaration of Independence that he would do anything within his power to protect those founding documents and mm-hmm. protect the beliefs of our founders, because he understood they were special. Now, were they achieved immediately? No. It's it's like any great goal. 
you, 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 you fight for it. You articulate it. You believe in it. You work towards it. And I really think that, uh, you know, after the great civil rights struggle that, that happened in my youth, when Martin Luther King stepped forward and, uh, and, you know, he started in 1958 down in, uh, in, in, uh, Montgomery, Alabama with, uh, you know, the bus boycott and, you know, you right up through the 1960s, he was such a, a, a wonderful voice for civil rights. And he wasn't the only one. There was just a number of really great, and they were Christian men. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, uh, Martin Luther King was a Republican. He was mm-hmm. a Republican and a minister and a Christian. And they were animated by those Christian values that were a part of America's founding and America's tradition. And so, you know, by the time uh, I was in high school, you know, I, I thought race relations were pretty good. At Certainly. least they were where I grew up in my high school. I mean, I was a basketball player and uh, as as far as I know, we were all treated uh, uh, equally, and and actually, sometimes I was tra- treated less equally because I was getting beat up under the basket. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, you know uh, uh, there 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 was a time, and actually, ironically, it was with the election of Barack Obama things started to get worse. It certainly you was. Know, um, millions of white Americans came out and voted for Barack Obama and made him the first. African American president, and mm-hmm. they they did it with 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 real um, you know honest feelings of appreciation and um, they and excitement. I mean, they were excited to elect Barack Obama. It was but, monumental. Uh, he, it, but he was such a divisive leader that almost immediately he began dividing people. Mm-hmm. And uh, America. In order to be the kind of country we are, because we are, uh, you know, from, we're, we're, we're from every country on the globe, we're every ethnic group, we, you know, we, we, we attract people from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, to be successful, we have to be a soup and not a salad. Okay, we, we have to have the melting pot. When I was a kid, we always talked about the melting pot. They don't want the melting pot anymore. Now they want to resegregate America and, mm-hmm. um, and, and almost set up a caste system mm-hmm. uh, like they have in India. It's, 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 it's just bizarre. I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand it. But what, what's great about America is we did believe that everyone was equal. Now, were we treated equally? No. And, um, uh, but that was the ideal and we were working towards it and we believed we had equal justice before the law. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think that that, that wonderful goal has, has been destroyed or diminished. Oh yeah. I, I think so too. That, that ship has uh, certainly sailed in, in a number of respects. But I, I can just say if, if the generation doesn't appreciate what their forebears done, then they're fools. Mm-hmm. And they're foolishly giving away their birthright. What they're giving it for, I don't know, because they're becoming poor as a result of it. Okay. Yes. I, I spend a lot of time talking about what I call um, the wealth extraction machine. My background is actually economics and finance and, and, and investing. And there's been this 
wealth extraction machine. There is a greater wealth disparity today than there's ever been in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, and that wealth disparity is growing because of the policies of socialism. Yes. The elites control the system. The elites elect Congress and the Senate. Uh, and, and I'm talking about not the one percenters. I'm talking about the, like the one one hundredth of one percenters. These people are just on the nosebleed top, have such an outstretched uh, power. I mean, people like Jeff Bezos. And what do they do? Well, he has his company, Amazon, but he also buys the Washington Post mm-hmm. because he wants to control the media. And, uh, you know, um, the billionaire from Mexico, Carlos Slim, he's a major yep. shareholder of The New York Times. You know, they don't, they don't do this because, you know, they, they don't want influence. They do it because they want influence. Warren Buffett, another person that has spent, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars accumulating media assets at Berkshire Hathaway. So they do it for influence. And as a result, the middle class is really getting hollowed out because the policies that policies that they want are the policies of globalism, not national. And nationalism to me is, is important because we need borders and we Mm -hmm. need to take care of the people in our borders we need to have as much industry in our borders as possible, so we're creating wealth for people. But uh, but that's not currently what's on the docket. No, no, it's not. Uh, real briefly, Horse Lover over on Rumble said, "Love you, Zach, and you became a member. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate that, Horse Lover." And Ainsley Michelle is feeling a little frustrated. She said she's totally blackpilled. Obama ruined this country. I hate him. I always have, and I always will. He and Biden have ruined us. Uh, although I agree with that assessment, uh, I just want to say that uh, I don't think that Obama or Biden were really the impetus of anything. I mean, yeah, they made bad decisions. They were bad leaders. Uh, currently, Biden is leading the country down the tubes. Uh, but this is a process, from my perspective, Floyd, that began far earlier than Barack Obama. Barack Obama just came in and started uh, a new episode of the operation. You know, wh- what do you think about that? Oh, I think you're right. I I talk about false narratives. Okay, mm-hmm. to to make good decisions as a nation, we have to have truth. Mm-hmm. And our media today does not give us truth. It gives us narratives. It gives us highly developed narratives that are are actually intended to give us the wrong conclusions. Mm-hmm. And they did not start with Democrats, and they didn't start yesterday. You know, I go back to uh, and and talk about in the book. I talk about. Um, George W. Bush and his weapons of mass destruction. Oh, yes. That were in Iraq. Okay. We went into Iraq because he told the American people there are weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Well, Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine, uh, General Michael Flynn, he was the guy that was sent over there to find those weapons of mass destruction. And, and, And General Flynn once told me, he said, you know, I turned over every rock in that country. If there were weapons of mass destruction, I would have found them. And they weren't there. It was a narrative created by a military-industrial complex, by a group of elites, and the politicians were bought and paid for and went along with it, and it was intended to enrich them, and it did. But, uh, you know, soldiers died, families were broken, 
uh, people came back in, in terrible condition. They, mm-hmm. they, they, you know, our, our Americans were in a meat grinder over there. Oh, yeah. And uh, they made out great because, you know, they sold lots of weapons and they, um, you know, got paid for all of that. We spent, yeah. you know, literally billions of dollars, including Biden's brother, who made big, big money off of Iraq. So the elites did really well off of Iraq. The other one is Afghanistan. I mean, Afghanistan, a false narrative with Afghanistan. And this one we heard literally every year for 20 years, they would do a report on what was happening in Afghanistan every year without fail. It was the same narrative. We're making progress in Afghanistan. I mean, I I, I heard it at least 20 times. We're making progress. in Af- We didn't make an inch of progress in 20 years in Afghanistan and and you know when we left Biden left a, a disaster behind we left you know hundreds of millions of dollars of weapons behind which are now actually a lot of them are deployed in Pakistan yep. Pakistan's nearing civil war we don't get much you know international news here in America but uh it 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 is you know another false narrative so I talk about these industrial complexes, three of them that I, I kind of focus on. One is the military industrial complex. Two is the pharmaceutical industrial or the medical industrial complex. And then three, the tech and media industrial complex. And those industrial complexes, the government is run for the benefit of the elites that own those. During COVID, there was 40 billionaires that were minted as a result of COVID. 40 billionaires. And, uh, but, but thousands of small businesses are gone forever. Yeah. Small businesses, which are the engine of the middle class and, and help the middle class, you know, achieve the American dream. They, they were, they were, they were killed dead, but these billionaires were doing really well. So it's, 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 uh, it's got to change, and Americans have to come together to change it. And we have to understand that our elites that are controlling the country are not controlling it for our benefit. No, so not at all. Yeah. Floyd, you know, you, you're absolutely preaching to the choir. My audience is uh, very educated on these subjects. This is definitely something uh, that we talk about here on the show uh, quite often. Um, you know, I, I, going back to the idea of uh, Ainsley being blackpilled, I would like to know what you suggest the American people do. I mean, do you have any action items for people? Any oh, yeah, that's the whole, the whole reason I wrote the book is, is – um, and I talk about I start the book at a, a conference called the the Health and Freedom Conference that was that was held in Tulsa and uh, back in April of uh, 2021. And uh, uh, it, it, it ended up becoming a series of conferences that are now called the Reawaken Conferences. Mm-hmm. And uh, I talk about this first conference I went to and how when I traveled there to Tulsa, you know, I, I went, I live in Phoenix. So I went into the Sky Harbor airport, which is a you, normally a very busy airport. And finally it's back to normal. But at that time it was, there was an eerie silence in the airport and, you know, the planes weren't full. I climbed on my plane. It, it maybe, maybe it was a third full. I flew into Tulsa. Um, when I got there and arrived on the ground, I couldn't find a 
Uber. I couldn't find a, a, a Lyft. I couldn't find a taxi. And it was a time when the rental car companies actually had sold all their cars. So there weren't any <laughs> rental cars either. So I was really worried. How am I going to get to my hotel? And uh, fortunately, I had a good friend in Tulsa who, uh, you know, came and picked me up and drove me around some. And I'm very grateful to her. But, uh, you know, the hotel was empty. And uh, the uh, but when we got into the conference, it was so special because there was 5000 people hanging from the rafters, not a mask in the room. And this unbelievable unity broke out. These were people that were doctors who were, you know, dealing with, uh, hey, I'm in trouble because I've been prescribing these drugs like ivermectin and budesidine, which kept all my clients alive. But, you know, the government didn't want me, you know, treating COVID that way. It was, uh, you know, nurses and firemen that said, hey, I don't want the jab. But, uh, you know, they were told they had to get it to keep their jobs. They, you know, it was restaurant owners who said, hey, I want to start serving Mexican food again. And I can't because they've got my restaurant shut down and I can't just live off of takeout orders. And and this unbelievable unity broke out. We were all so different, but we regained our humanity at this conference. Not only were our masks down. Not only were we jammed together, we started hugging, feeling each other, you know, just our humanity was restored and it was a wonderful experience. So Beautiful. I've gone to all of these conferences since then and spoken and uh, or many of them. I didn't make it to every one of them, but uh, every one of them I went to, I was asked, what can I do? What can I do? And so that's why actually why I wrote this book. And I try to lay out specific things people can do. Because I believe that um, uh, there's certain things that we have to do in order to take the country back. And, and I can go into those if you want me to. But, yes, it's all about action. It's all about getting up off the couch and reengaging with your neighbors, yes. with people in your community, with people in your town, with people at your church, and, and, and making change. Absolutely. No, we are exactly on the same page. So aligned. I have been crowing at the moon for years now uh, because the left had us beat on activism. The left had us beat on being able to get out there into the streets and organize. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with Dan Schultz, uh, the precinct, the, the precinct strategy. Uh, I just had a friend today uh, send me a message. He recently became a precinct committee chair. He's, he's, he's co-chair of the GOP, his county GOP. You know, there are so many ways that you can directly engage with your community, with your town, with your county, with your state. And, you know, the the possibilities from my perspective are nearly endless. And I'm actually really feeling good about where we are as a nation, despite how dark and gloomy everything appears to be, because, yeah, we already knew this. They wanted to destroy the nation, okay? Yes, they're going to take it as far as they can. However bad you feel that it is today, trust me, it can get worse, and it likely will get worse. But that doesn't mean that you have to sit back and accept it. That doesn't mean that you have to just allow it to wash over you. You know, I would rather die on my feet than, you know, than, than serve someone else on my knees. Uh, I serve God and God alone, and I'm trying to save America. So yes, uh, go ahead. Let's go through your action items. I would love to hear them. 
So um, one of the things I do is I go through some history for people. You know, I've been involved in politics since uh, the 80s. You know, as a young man in my 20s, I wanted to be part of the Reagan revolution. I worked in his campaign in 1980 as a uh, the I was the state youth coordinator for the state of Oregon. I went back awesome. to college, graduated in 1983 and uh, wanted to be a part of the Reagan um, revolution. So I put it all my belongings. I'm from Seattle originally. I loaded all my belongings in the back of my Mustang and I drove to Washington, D.C. to take a job in the Reagan administration. And we were there as part of the Reagan revolution. We were going to change things. And um, now President Reagan was a great president and we did change some things. The Berlin Wall went down, but there wasn't systemic change, the kind of systemic change I wanted. And uh, so, you know, Things kind of went back to normal and Bush got elected and then Clinton. And then we had the contract for America. Newt Gingrich kind of stepped forward and said, "Okay, I'm going to change America. And we had this contract for America. We had a huge wave election. We won Congress. It was big, big victory. And uh, yet uh, not a lot changed. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, some things changed a little bit, but not a lot. So um, incremental. Uh, that's that's yeah, how they well, keep you stringing along. <laughs> yeah, but what would happen is we might get you know an an inch, yep, yep. and then they would get five inches, you know, exactly. or, or a foot. Yeah. And so uh, then you know, of course, we had the Tea Party movement, mm-hmm. and I was running Western Journal by the time uh, the Tea Party came around, and uh, I. Uh, spoke at a whole lot of Tea Party rallies. I, I don't know. I went around with Andrew Breitbart and Joseph Farah from World Net Daily. And, wow. and we were we were gung-ho for the, the, the uh, Tea Party movement. We had a thing called the Tea Party Express, bus trips around the country. I mean, we were just, we were all into it, and we were going to change America. Well, we got our big victory in 2010, but, you know, things really didn't change. And then, of course, we had the MAGA election in 2016. We got the House, the Senate, and President Trump, and we couldn't even repeal Obamacare. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I asked myself, you know, why is that? And it, I, I decided that the reason is, or at least this is what I articulate in the book, is because Republicans and conservatives go about politics totally backwards to the left. So for us, you know, we're looking for some guy to ride into Washington, D.C., fix everything. It's Ronald Reagan. It's Newt Gingrich. It's Donald Trump. It's the Tea Party. They're going to go into Washington, D.C. Everything's going to change. And then I can get back to my life and I can forget about things and go, you know, focus on my business, focus on my family and, and, and do something else. The left, they worship government. It's kind of the center of their life. They love it. So they take every little basic job at the lowest level. They want to be on the school board, and they want to be on the town council, and they want to be mayor, and they want to be county auditor, and they want to be, you know, the justice of the peace. And so they're running for all these, you know, little jobs, and we don't even show up. Yes, and, 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 you know, somebody asked me, 
it's funny here in Phoenix, we have this Washington school district where we have a member of the school board that she actually identifies sexually as a cat. She's not a. Oh God, I heard about this. (laughs) And and, and, and I don't know how you do that. I mean, I just, it's just different, but she wears little kitty ears to the, to the meetings. And she identifies as a cat sexually. She says, I'm a cat. Well, so I, you asked the question, you know, how is it she gets on the school board? Well, it's because conservatives didn't show up. Guess what? In that district, in that district, there are megachurches. Mm-hmm. And the megachurches, why weren't the pastors saying, hey, we got, we got to control the school board? You know, our kids go to those schools. But we didn't show up. And in fact, some of these pastors actually tell their 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 people, politics is dirty. You don't want to be involved in politics. You know, that's 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 really kind of dirty. And, well, I've, and I've, also, a, I've, I've also heard pastors say that oh, we, we don't want to lose our, our 501c3 accreditation. They, they don't want to lose their nonprofit status, which to me is, so is a cop out. It's it, because yeah, so you know, it's all about yeah. money. He's what yeah. he's saying is, oh, it's all about money. Yeah. It's all about money. It's all about money. You know, that I, I didn't remember Jesus talking a lot, you know, about he was uh, tables. <laughs> how, how he wanted to save his 501c3 status. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so so so, yes, you know, I, I, you're absolutely right. I feel, you know, there's also a measure of decorum among conservatism. You know, I mean, like we we do want to pay attention to our, our lives and our businesses, our, our families and our children. You know, we want to enjoy our lives unencumbered from uh, the overreach of the government. And, you know, we do too often look outside of ourselves, you know, while the left wants to be the ones affecting that change. Every single one of them wants to be incrementally moving it forward, you know, too often. And I see it all the time. I mean, we we will deify an individual, you know, and say, oh, they're going to fix everything. We're just we just need that person to come back, whether it's Donald Trump or somebody else, you know, and, and I really, truly feel that the answer is within us. You know, I mean, we have to get out there. We have to run for office. We have to take every single position that we can. We have to get on every single school board, every single county commission, every single board that we can possibly stack ourselves on. And we have to commit maybe a couple hours a day, maybe a couple hours a week, maybe uh, more than that. But we have to be willing to do that because what's the alternative, Floyd? You know, I mean, it's 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 a couple of hours of our lives, you know, one third the of which we spend sleeping. The gulag. Exactly. Exactly. So it's not a bad trade off from my perspective. Yeah, no. I, and I think one of the reasons the left indicted Donald Trump is because they want violence. They do they really want it. They want it. They they so they're trying to do everything they can to incite it. And um, it's because then they can close the trap. Then they can, you know, cage us. Then they come out and arrest us and mm-hmm. say that we're a th- we're 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 a threat to the country. Well, they're and already so- calling us domestic terrorists and 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 you know Russian bots and all of that stuff. I mean, that's a, a hair's breadth away from this new restrict bill where they're talking about uh, uh, monitoring our internet activity and shutting down our ability to engage in commerce and put us in prison for 20 years if we are are deemed to be a threat to the establishment, you know, which of course is all going to be decided by the uh, the executive branch. 
Yeah, well, by the the elites. Yes, yes. You know that 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 populate the executive branch. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really, folks. If you haven't woken up to the fact that it's us against them, uh, then you you need to, because our country has been purchased, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know we can either run our country and it can be a great place for our kids and our grandchildren, and it can have a great future. And I lay out all the ways it can have a great future. I mean, we 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 spend more on R and D in America than than the rest of the world put together. We can we can be the technological leader. Mm-hmm. We can have the factories of tomorrow here. We can generate wealth. We've done it before, and we can do it again. But we've got to have a purpose and a focus, and 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 we can't allow our elites to sell us out. To globalism. No, no. So I have a a pretty uh, large point I want to make in regard to a super chat that just came through from Gump. He says a little hard to do with rigged elections. Not every single election that has taken place in America is rigged. I would say probably a lot of them at the national level to one degree or another certainly are. Uh, But while 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 you may believe that, I have been contacted and I've been in contact with many, many patriots from all across the country, from all different levels of bureaucracies, whether it's city, county, state, or even at the federal level, who have successfully run for office and been able to win. Now, doesn't mean that they're not going to attempt to cheat, but we cannot use that as an excuse to not put in the effort, to not show up. And let me just say this, Floyd, I want to get your thoughts on it both. Um, But Arizona, Arizona earlier today joined uh, the Arizona State Senate in passing a resolution to ban foreign voting machines and require the source code to be examined by the state government. Those are huge things right there. Uh, They're also uh, making ballot images available to the general public, uh, and they are mandating, as you know, as they should have previously, chain of custody documentation be available to people, too. What I've just listed off there uh, has pretty much been the 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 crib sheet for the deep state. And it's what's allowed them to steal these elections in the first place. You know, this to me is a major win. I think that uh, obviously it personally it's affecting you because you're in Arizona. What are your thoughts on this? So um, it's a it's a huge, huge game changer. Yeah, we've had a couple of them in Arizona. One is the Arizona Supreme Court giving Carrie Lake the ability to check the signatures. And, uh, you know, the county of Maricopa is currently resisting the uh, I guess the state Supreme Court's mm-hmm. um, uh, decision that uh, allows Carrie Lake to probe into this whole area of si- signature verification. If they don't verify signatures, we we have absolutely no way of those of knowing if those ballots are valid. Mm-hmm. And so that was a huge court win. And um, uh, secondarily, uh, you're right. This resolution that was passed by the House and the Senate, and it doesn't require uh, a governor's signature because of the type of resolution it was, and because the Arizona Constitution gives the legislature jurisdiction over elections. So it was very, very well crafted, mm-hmm. and it, it, it 
it uh, exposes the fact that all of these voting machines are built in China or of Chinese components. Yep. I mean, this is, these are our enemies. Why in the world are they building our voting machines? And, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we can build voting machines here in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we can build honest ones. But I want to get back to an earlier point, which okay. has with the comment that you got in from the, the uh, chat. And that is, they can steal one or two elections, but they don't have the ability to steal everything. That's why here in Arizona, even though they were able to steal the Cary Lake race, and mm-hmm. maybe they 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 stole well they did steal the AG race and mm-hmm. and likely stole you know all of the statewide races. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to ste- steal the state legislature too, and it has to do with the way ballots are printed and the diffusion of ballots because usually what happens is when they commit fraud, they have to do it in huge urban areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is, is because, you know, they have to have a lot more votes than normally show up. Right. That's uh, And so they do, they, the first thing they did was they ended, they ended counting by precinct out here in Arizona. We used to count by precinct. So each little jurisdiction would report its vote and then it would be cumed up to the state level. Well, they had to end that and they created these massive voting centers. And then they, they, they only counted them in Maricopa County, which I think Maricopa has like 4 million people in it. So they can have this massive vote. That's the only way they can steal. Well, they can't steal all the state legislative races around the country, around the state because these jurisdictions are too small. Exactly. And so, and, 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 and a county sheriff actually can have a huge impact on a community. And, mm-hmm. a, and a, a, a county commission board can have a huge impact. And there's no reason why we as conservatives shouldn't have all those positions. There's 3,100 counties in America. Mm-hmm. And we should control uh, probably close to 3,002, you know, 3,050 of them. And, and uh, I mean, if you actually look at the six states where Donald Trump lost because of alleged voter fraud, Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, um, Nevada, Michigan. When you look at when you look at those states, it's actually really only six counties. You know, it's Fulton County. It's Maricopa County. Uh, So, you know, it's it's only happening in concentrated places. So that that makes it really hard for them. And the other thing is, is a lot of these elections are aren't held all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you know, sometimes school board races are held on a different day, or town council races are held on a different day. And so it makes it much easier because there's much less people turning out for us to win those races if we organize and get active and 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 get up off the couch and actually you know go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, Gump also said, I'm in Metro Detroit, Wayne County. He says, it seems like the most corrupt area in the nation. Wayne County County certainly is very corrupt. And I can understand uh, your perhaps less than enthusiastic viewpoint when it comes to this subject. But I, I, I still believe that someone like you who actually cares 
uh, can be elected to some position of influence and power that would allow you to affect some change in a positive sense, or at least safeguard the people that you care about. Uh, and, uh, you know, as I've said so many times, you know, we have thousands of precinct committee seats which are open all over the nation. And it's not difficult to figure out where uh, you have an opening in your in your county uh, if you can go in there and uh, uh, put your name in the hat to one. If there is anybody that's even going to be running for that position, if anybody has held it in recent years, there is a number of very, very possible opportunities for every single one of you out there who is watching tonight and who wants to take an active role in helping to save this nation instead of, you know, just going online or, you know, sharing articles on Twitter or whatever it might be. And I'm not denigrating any of that, but I'm saying that there is so much more and there is a vast number of opportunities for every single person out there. Um, what, Floyd, well, I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. I said one of the things I talk about in the book is getting to know your neighbors. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've so isolated us. And this came even before COVID. There was a great book called Bowling Alone, how neighbors don't know one another anymore. Yeah. So one of the things I do is I suggest, you know, have coffee with your neighbors. Invite your neighbors over for coffee and um, and get to know them. And, and then maybe discuss some of these issues with them because then you can protect your block, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know, the old, uh, the old, uh, what they call it, the block watch, you know, you, you get a group of a, a group of people in a community working together and, and amazing things can happen here where I live. We actually have a guy that uh, started a group during COVID because uh, he was getting hassled for not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And so he texted like 50 of his friends and he, he said, you know what, I'm getting hassled for, you know, not wearing a mask. I want to hold a meeting about it. So he texted 50 of his friends to see if they would come. 250 people showed up to the meeting where he invited 50. Nice. And and so, you know, and now they're active in the party. They're, they're going to school board meetings. They're doing all of these other things in our They know what's going on in our community. And, uh, you know, that all just started with a guy getting frustrated and saying, hey, I'm going to text my friends and invite them to a meeting where we can talk about how to get rid of these mask mandates. That's great. Uh, now, uh, Gopher61 said, I joined my GOP precinct in Florida a year ago. Found out we support no one until the general election. We do nothing to screen out rhinos. Precinct strategy seems worthless in Florida. Well, please do not project your experience in your county onto the rest of the counties in Florida, because obviously the results that you're going to see, the the specific experience you're going to have in every single county, no matter what state, whether it's Florida, Michigan or wherever, they're all going to be uniquely different because you're going to have different people that are actually in the party there, people that are working. Uh, you know, I would say that there's probably quite a few people who have already gotten involved and they have been entrenched within the systems that exist simply because they like the status quo. So maybe someone like you, Gopher, needs to come in and actually shake things up. Just because they're doing things a certain way doesn't mean that that's the only way they're ever going to be done. You have to have people with uh, the drive to actually have it change and and start going in a different direction. Floyd, go ahead. So, uh, you know, the party itself uh, maybe can't endorse pre-primary, 
Yeah. But the individuals in the party, the precinct people, Gopher can endorse and Gopher mm-hmm. can get involved and Gopher can network with people. Uh, and, and so they should not let themselves be frozen by some, you know, rhino leader that tells them they can't do anything. Mm-hmm. They should just say, you know, as an individual, uh, I'm going to support this person. And, and, I, and, and then you, you go and identify the other people on your Republican committee that are interested in supporting them, too. Yes. These rules were often put in place by the establishment because they want to frustrate and yes. stop grassroots activity. Yes. They don't want you there. But that should actually invigorate you to be there and be in their face. Yes, yes. You can come to the GOP meetings with you and 10 of your friends and just show up every single time, wait for your in, and then you can basically take over the entire party. You can wipe the slate clean if you've got enough people that are going to put enough pressure on. I mean, I have seen it a number of times. Those establishment people that have been running the party for the last 20 years, they see you guys coming and they just say, you know what? It's not worth it. I no longer want to have to deal with it. And they walk away. You know, I have, uh, I've seen incredible success. I mean, they took over the entire state of Nebraska, precinct strategy all the way, top to bottom, Every single county. Uh, I think they did it in Oklahoma, too. My friend Thad, uh, he was on the show very recently. You guys will have to go back. Thad Snyder. Uh, but this can be done. It's just a matter of, uh, of finding the will and uh, and the people that you can link up with and, and actually come together. You know, that community aspect is so vitally important. And you, you hit the nail right on the head earlier when you said that, Floyd, that, you know, we are so disparate, like spread out, like very thin all across the world. We are so hyper-focused on everything that's directly in front of us, you know, and I think that's by design. I mean, they've made life harder. You know, we have to work longer for less, and we have to do so much more to keep our lives together. And then at the same time, we are are, uh, forced to pay attention to all of these things that are basically time wasters so that we don't stay focused on the things that really matter. And, uh, you know, I understand that there is a difficulty inherent to living life in America in this time. Uh, but it's possible. I, I don't want anybody to out, out there to believe that there isn't a way to get it done and to do it. Um, I may sleep five hours a night, but I don't feel like I don't have enough to do at the end of every day. Uh, original Clag over on Rumble says, Zach, here you go, brother. Community is key. All my neighbors look after each other. I'm glad to hear that. And you're also joining as a monthly supporter. Thank you very much. Floyd, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, part of what the elites want, they get power when they make us feel powerless. Yes. So these false narratives are all intended to do a couple of things. Uh, They're intended first to increase what I'd call tribalism. Mm -hmm. They want black fighting against white. They want, you know, Latino fighting against Asian. They want women fighting against men. They want transgender fighting against straight. Okay. They, 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 They sit up here above it all and they all want us fighting. And, mm-hmm. and that's tribalism. Yep. You're a nation, and a nation is actually the next stage after tribalism, and 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 that's when you come together with a unity of purpose. And that's why you have to understand, you know, America and the American ideal, because that's what creates the unity. If you don't understand what it was that brought this nation together, you can't. You can't. How can you get unified around them? So it's important for us to, you know, pull down those uh, walls and to treat 
everyone with respect. Treat other people as you want to be treated. That's 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 really important. The other thing is a lot of these battles are uh, what I would call kabuki theater or they're fake battles. And I spend a lot of time talking about what I call the uniparty. Because mm-hmm. if you look at Washington, Washington, you know, we, we get these narratives where the Republicans are here yapping and the Democrats are over here yapping and they're yapping at each other. And they're they, they, a lot of times it's a fake fight mm-hmm. uh, because when it comes to the end in the vote, they all vote together and government grows <laughs> and, and it gets more powerful. They, they say, aren't yeah. we wonderful? We've 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 got a bipartisan uh, solution here to this problem and i guarantee you every single bipartisan solution gores you oh yeah yes, uh, yes. and uh and so that's also another important thing to to understand that that they want us warring they want us fighting they want us alone they want you to feel powerless mm-hmm Yes. And they've done a spectacular power. job. They've done a spectacular job because a lot of people feel that way, you know, and it, it, we talk about the uniparty a lot here as well. You know, I mean, it's it's undeniable. Uh, the people that sit in Washington, D.C., uh, looking down on us from their ivory tower, you know, they go on Fox and CNN and they pretend to be at odds with each other. You know, they have these uh, these these single issues that they always talk about when they go in front of the cameras, birth control or, you know, abortion, uh, gun control, you know, whatever it might be. But then when the cameras are off, everybody's friends. They're all helping each other make money. <laughs> they seem to be unable to get anything done that will benefit the American people. But when they do come together, you're absolutely right. They gore the heck out of us and they make sure that they're taking it out of our salaries. And uh, it's certainly not going to be affecting them. You know, I vote Republican. I am a registered Republican, uh, but I'm not happy with the Republican Party as a whole. You know, I mean, like I'm a Trumplican, really, if anything, if I can find uh, something else to identify myself as. But we do have this two party system. And I mean, it's either you run as a Republican or you run as a Democrat. Otherwise, you're not going to get the support and the money. That's a whole nother problem right there. But you know, we have a framework and I think that we can work within that framework. And the way that the Demo, excuse me, the way that the Republican Party exists today, it doesn't have to be that way a couple of years down the line. And the way it's going to change is through our action and the direct things that we can do beginning locally in our own communities, because all politics is local, isn't it? Absolutely. And you're 100 percent correct. I, uh, what you just said is, 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 is square on. I did want to just give you a, a recent example of the uniparty because it's, it's ripped right out of the headlines. And that is, uh, when Tucker Carlson played one night of, uh, the January 6th footage. Yep. Uh, the next day, you know, Chuck Schumer, the, this, the Democratic leader in the Senate went to the well of the Senate and, you know, he denounced, Tucker Carlson and he denounced Fox News and he denounced Rupert Murdoch and he demanded Rupert Murdoch stop this. We can't let people see this footage. We can't let them know what really went on. Uh, you know, we've got to keep the narrative alive. But immediately after Chuck Schumer was done, Mitch McConnell got up and said the same thing. Denounced <laughs> Tucker Carlson, denounced Fox News, you know, uh, denounced Rupert Murdoch. 
But then after him, like five other Republican senators got up and did the same thing. So they were all just, you know, that was a classic example of the Uniparty coming together uh, to to keep a false narrative alive. And the false narrative is an anti-Trump narrative. It's Mm -hmm. a narrative that somehow Donald Trump tried to hold a coup on January 6th, Mm -hmm. which couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, you don't you know, try to hold a, a revolution by coming to the Capitol without a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you, if you wanted to take over the Capitol, if they were all there for a real insurrection, there would have been an insurrection. Okay. Right. It was, it, it's just, it's just phony. It's completely it is totally phony. phony. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously Republicans, I mean, we're, we're second amendment supporters, you know, I mean, we're the best armed people in the nation. So if that really was a violent insurrection, then it would have gone totally different. But of course, you know, as somebody who was present in D.C. on January 6th, I was there to cover what I was told was a political rally, an event for Donald Trump. Certainly never expected it to turn into what it did. But I saw enough to know that the whole thing was orchestrated. I mean, it was led and directed by federal informants, by what were most likely federal agents, uh, Antifa in Trump disguise. Uh, the press seemed to know what was going to happen because they had people embedded in that crowd. They they went inside. You know, you had Jade Sackler from CNN and her boyfriend, uh, John Sullivan. You know, they, they were in the Capitol Rotunda and they said, we did it. What did you do, right. John? What did you do? So, you know, th- this is this, this the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing was staged. And you're right. It was designed to to stop Donald Trump. It was designed to stop our movement. It was designed to demoralize us. It was designed to uh, penalize uh, and criminalize our political speech. And they are definitely moving in that direction. But I'll be damned if I allow it to happen as long as I live. And, and so, you know, for that very reason, Floyd. I cannot allow myself to black pill and I do everything I can to try to get the audience to not go that way either. You know, as someone in the news, I mean, at Western Journal, you guys are are covering everything that's happening. I mean, I would imagine at a certain point you start looking at the headlines, you know, you're you're, everybody's turning in their stories to edit for the day and you start looking at them and you're like, you know, geez, oh, Pete's, you know, I mean, like this is a dark time. I mean, what do you do to keep yourself uh, enlivened? I don't know. Sometimes all I want to do is go climb in my bed and put a pillow over my head, you know, (laughs) and just, you know, uh, I think it was Elon Musk that said, you know, if you can't deal with reality, I think he tweeted this. If you can't deal with reality, you just ignore it. Uh, And some days I have to ignore it. But no, I I, I like to say I live in a fire hose of news because, you know, we produce uh, anywhere from 30 to 50 written articles a day and another 20 videos. And, mm-hmm. and when you're, when you're doing all of that, you know, you're, you're following all of that news. Yep. Uh, it, it, but you know, as dark as it is, I actually feel really good. I want people to know Me too. I'm very optimistic because we're right at a tipping point. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I, you know, um, and, and this really comes from my Christian belief mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the truth is, you know, I believe Christians are more active now. And I mm-hmm. think there actually has to be a two-pronged strategy. When you're a Christian, you're taught about spiritual warfare. Yep. And, you know, we actually believe that there's an unseen realm. Mm-hmm. And that unseen realm 
you know, it, it, it has some pretty nasty characters in it. Paul called them, you know, principalities. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're basically angels, but they're angels that fell with Satan. And, uh, and you know, I don't know if they're in it. it, it it's probably a, another dimension because they're, yes. they're right here, but we can't really see them. And so I believe we have to have a two, two-pronged strategy. We have to organize. We have to get out. We have to get off our couches. We have to, you know, be active in these groups, as you say. But then we also need to uh, come together and fight effective spiritual warfare. And, yes. and that means prayer. There's a lot of older people that, that can't get out of their homes, but they can pray. Mm-hmm. They can They can seek God. They can, you know, implore God to help us. Uh, you know, America is a special place and, and, and it's done more for Christianity around the globe than any other country. We've sent missionaries everywhere. We've funded missions everywhere. We've funded orphanages everywhere. You know, we're a very generous nation. And actually, it's Christians in this nation who are the most generous people. Yes. I, and so, so, you know, I, I, I think that there, there's got to be both this spiritual element to it and the organizing. And I see for the first time kind of a double wave, which is a giant wave, which will really take the country back. Because you see all kinds of signs of revival and mm-hmm. renewal, uh, whether it's what's happened at Asbury, whether it's the movie Jesus Revolution. I just got back from a, a huge meeting in Florida called Fire and Glory, which was uh, held by evangelist uh, uh, Mario Marillo and uh, Lance Wall now. And, and, and so you see all these encouraging signs. And I think people are getting it. The darkness causes the light to shine brighter. And Amen. people are attracted to that light. Oh, you're, you're absolutely right. I, too, wake up every morning and put on the full armor of God because, yes, we are not battling men, not things of this earth. These are spiritual entities, and uh, they are truly around us at all times, and they are doing everything they can to demoralize us and try to drag us down and make us believe that we're not going to persevere at the end of the day. But I know God is going to deliver us. I mean, I have been through dark times, my friends, you know, and I don't know who here hasn't had some trial or tribulation that they've had to overcome. And you've only, if you, even if you don't know it, you've only ever overcome it because of the presence of God. And everything that you do, every experience that you have every single day is only because God wills it, all right? You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that particular reason. And so you just need to figure out what is the reason God puts you here, specifically in this time. We have incredible work to do. And uh, I, too, am very, very excited. I love the revival that we have here in this nation. You know, God was practically erased uh, from the vernacular. The people on the left, you know, they don't have faith in anything. You know, they worship climate change or they they worship, uh, you know, the idea of gender ideology, whatever it might be. Um, but that's hollow. There, There is nothing of substance there. And so all they can do is continue to fall back on things that have no truth to them at all. Uh, meanwhile, I'm perfectly comfortable knowing exactly where I'm going, exactly what I'm doing here right now on planet Earth. And uh, I look forward to the future. Uh, I, I'm very excited about what's coming and, and where 
this country and humanity are both going. All right, uh, Floyd, we are basically at, we're over the hour that we had agreed to. So uh, I always, at the end of the show, like to ask my guests, you know, what would you most like for tonight's audience to take away from our conversation? I'd like them to know that they can change America. Um, you know, I'd love for them to buy the book. It's available at Amazon. Counterpunch is what it's called, and and uh, would love love to have them read it. the 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 truth is is that they can be part of changing this country. You're absolutely correct, Zach. God put every one of us here for this time, and He's mm-hmm. calling us to fight for our country and for him. And all we have to do is answer that call. And we're going to feel, you know, great excitement uh, if we find his mission for us. Amen. Okay. Um, I've got a couple of uh, additional thank yous over here. You guys, I have passed out the link to Counterpunch. If you want to purchase it, I'm sure that Floyd will appreciate it. I think that it's well worth the read. Uh, If you didn't get the link from the chat, you can always go to the description of this video. If you want to follow Floyd on Truth Social or on Twitter, it's at Floyd Brown. I am following him, so you can also find him on my follow list. Over here on the Foxhole, Doug Simey, thank you very much for dropping that cookie. Vector117, appreciate the 400 gold pills. Dpatriot1776, he says, breaking foxhole news. Neo and Better Lately got engaged. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations, <laughs> you guys. That's so cool. That's great to hear. I'm gonna, oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, Beach Bummin Mermaid 13 says, so fab to see you, Zach, in Florida. That's right. Loving it down here in Florida. Uh, Porpoiseful, thank you for the cookie. Uh, Good Dog 45, thank you for the can. Empress, thank you for the cookie. Casey, thanks for the phone. Empress, thanks for the cookie and the gold pills. Good Dog, thanks for the can. Also, Beach Bummin uh, dropped a can as well. Anondoc7, Empress dropped some gold pills and a cookie and another cookie. All right, uh, Floyd, is, is there any other websites or, uh, or or links that you want me to hand out to the audience? No, Western just Western Journal. Journal. You know, people yeah. can download the app and uh, they'll get the news regularly. It's very trusted news. I, I, I encourage people, read our editorial standards. You're going to get truth when you go to Western Journal. We, we, we really stand behind it. And so if, if you want to download the Western Journal app, that's a great way. And if you want to subscribe, actually, next week, we're going to start giving my book free when you subscribe Ooh. to Western Journal. So, uh, it's a, it's, it's, it's kind of a way you can get a two for you can get the book free and subscribe to Western Journal. And haven't you been attacked by the Southern Poverty Law Center as well? Oh, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Pretty <laughs> that's that's always a litmus test for me, you know. Like, can I yeah, trust no, no, the source? I'm, 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 don't, don't worry, I'm on their list. Uh, I, All right. They just actually, I just got a, a right wing watch uh, oh. video they put out uh, this week. So. Well, maybe they'll cover tonight's show because I've been on Right Wing Watch and and SPLC before, too. All right, you guys. Uh, Well, thank you again, Floyd, for being here. I really appreciate it. Had a great time talking with you. You are welcome back on the program anytime you want in the future. So I hope that we can stay in touch. Uh, And then over here on the Foxhole, let me just pass out these gold pills and we're going to call it a night. Okay, the scratching has been released. 
Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Floyd. And I'll be back tomorrow night at 9 p.m. with my good friend Nate Kane, the whistleblower who blew the whistle on Uranium One and Hillary Clinton and all of their dirty deeds. He's running for Congress in West Virginia. So join us tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Until that time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.